So this week, Nick, uh, I gotta say, I am Falcon. Okay. Why do you think you're Falcon? Uh, because I'm a little bit more happy-go-lucky. I'm a little bit more outgoing. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of like mental issues, and so I think um, I, th- I just think I'm Falcon of the two. I think that uh, in my head before we had this, I had picked who was who, and I wanted to start this episode by us talking about who was who between the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I gotta say, I'm not disappointed because I I was like Ben's Falcon and I'm the Winter Soldier. <laughs> I think it works out. Now, what is your reasoning? Why would you say that you are the Winter Soldier? I am a lot grumpier than you are. I don't like people to touch me or be around me. Uh, I've, I have very few contacts in my phone. <laughs> he only had 10, 10 cell phone numbers. That's not different from the amount of people that I can stand talking to. I have... <laughs> I'm capable of great violence. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, I, I, I vibe with that, with the Winter Soldier. Well, there you have it, folks. Welcome to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. That's us. Um, I'm I'm not as, like, I don't think I'm as tough as him at this stage of my life. I'm pretty sure that, like, I'm not trying to be, like, I'm strong as the Winter Soldier and could can do cool flips. I can't do cool flips, Ben. So no no cool flips in your life. No cool flips, but... I think we're on the same page here, and and that's why it works. Uh, Folks, have you seen... By the time this episode comes out, most of you will have probably seen the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I I don't have the words. I don't know if I have the words to describe this episode. Yeah, y'all are safe from spoilers. We're not going to say any spoilers, but what we will do is gush about how ridiculously good the first episode is. Transcendent of what I expected. God, it is better than I expected. Let me let me tell you what's good, and and this is completely spoiler free. This is just like this is completely spoiler free. The the acting, the action, the dialogue, the cinematography, the moments, and Nick, you know what I'm talking about. There are moments in this show where you just go like, how does how do they even make it? Like it's like is it a formula? that they're following it's like it's so good it's so good the character development what else nick i mean gosh it's just everything is incredible in this the special effects are easily as good as avengers endgame the character development to me was chief because these are characters that were essentially side characters yeah i didn't feel like i knew them particularly well before this you know there's characters that I had positive, like I love everyone in the MCU. I'm a, I'm a right. loyalist, so I'm biased right. to begin with. But there's characters like Wanda and uh, like Sam and Bucky. Where beforehand I was like, I like them obviously, but I don't I I don't have a deep connection to their storyline, like their contiguous storyline, because you know they, there's not a lot. They have a couple lines per movie and they're cool and I like them. But right. now like with WandaVision and this, like I love I like I love Wanda. She was developed so well in that that like I everything she she did I understand I I and I feel that happening already with the show in the first episode where I feel like I understand Bucky and Sam a lot more than I have previously just from this one hour. I tell you that is the biggest surprise to me, Nick, 
is when when we heard about all these shows coming out, we were excited just because it was Marvel. We're just going to get to see more Marvel. And what? So we came for the Marvel. But you know what we're staying for? We're staying for this for to get to know these characters. That's why um, Marvel's no, chief. Yeah, I had no idea. Like when I think about the other shows, I look at them completely differently now. I, instead of saying, "Man, I can't wait to get more Marvel," it's like I can't wait to get to know these characters better because mm-hmm. it has been such a fun ride so far getting to know these characters better yeah and it's like well like hawkeye like i like hawkeye uh i i've cosplayed hawkeye uh, right he's fun but now it's like oh when that hawkeye series comes out they're gonna if they're if this is anything like that which i'm sure it will be they're gonna deep dive into him and i'm it's gonna be great i can't wait it's so good it's so unbelievably good i mean just i mean just everything is so tight i it, they just Anyway, we, we're not going to gush this whole episode about it, but I can't wait for you guys to see it. If you haven't seen it yet, it's so good. Uh, so that's the only thing I've watched. Uh, I don't think I watched anything else this past week, but did you watch something else? I watched two other movies. I watched... Uh, Kevin came over and, and made Bao, and we watched Raya and the Last Dragon, which I rented off Disney+. Plus Because, I, I, as I said before, I like the model of being able to rent it. And... Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon is one of the best Disney movies I've seen in ages. Wow. I would compare it to Moana. It's a little different in that Moana is a musical and this one is not. But they have... I like them about equally. And I, I tend to go for... I, I like musicals. So I tend to lean towards those. But like the subject matter in this one to me was, was really cool. Uh, it was sort of like a mis, mix match of like different Asian folklore things blended into an original folklore and uh basically every every uh actor of asian descent you could think of had a a part in this movie so there's people like like benedict wong is in it and i love him oh daniel day kim uh deacon lockman uh Gemma chan kelly marie tran it's just everyone you could think of it was so good and and this is one of those things where there's not enough representation so seeing it is cool and it's different you know the aesthetic is different aquafina is hilarious that's great i i have it we own it i need to go watch it i enjoyed it a lot i thought it was very good and then i also watched uh we talked about this there was a, t- a very teasery trailer for this a couple maybe a month ago or two and it's called nomad land and it's nominated for best picture this year yeah and the reason i wanted to watch this in the first place is that it's directed by chloe Zhao, who is directing the eternals for marvel Oh, okay. I did not know there was that connection. Okay. Yep. So that's why I wanted to watch this. It stars Frances McDormand, and something happened where, like, the plant she worked, her husband died, and the plant she worked at closed down, and the whole town she was in went under because of that, because it was like a company town, you know. So she just like goes around America living in a van. So it's no, it's called Nomadland, you know. Obviously, a movie like this about a subculture I knew nothing about and barely knew existed is always interesting to me. And also, a lot of the, the actors weren't actors. They were real people that lived like this, and they just put them in the movie. So, like, there's this woman named Linda May who she's hanging out with randomly throughout the movie because they, they run into each other at different places. And this is a real person, and this is, like, her real life, but Frances McDormand's acting as a character with her. It was so good. Normally, I wouldn't. This wouldn't be a movie that I would gravitate to. It's not 
it's not like it's Angela's ashes at the beach because it isn't. Uh, it like all the the bad stuff that happened to her happened off screen before the movie starts, and it's sort of just like a slice of her weird life. But the life is so weird and interesting that I was fully invested the whole time, especially this one part where they're in South Dakota, because I was sort of watching, and then she was at like the zoo in South Dakota, and I re- I realized slowly that I had been to this zoo. <laughs> And she was watching them feed this alligator, and I was like, hey, wait a minute, this is the place... (laughs) We went to South Dakota in 2006, and there was this weird zoo, and it had a gift shop, and there was these didgeridoos at the gift shop, and me and my two cousins were looking at... We were just standing there looking at them, like, hey, look, it's didgeridoos. And this weird hippie lady materialized out of nowhere, like, out of, like, the smoke and fog, and she, she said... Please do not touch the didgeridoos, for they are made of true beeswax. <laughs> and then she, like, like vanished backwards into this, like, dry ice smoke and beads of the doorway. And it's just the weirdest thing ever. And then once I realized she was at that zoo, I, I freaked out. So that was, that was my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> you know, you describing it as, like, a, a subculture that you didn't know anything about uh, that's kind of foreign to you. And made it interesting. That actually sounds really interesting to me. I may actually check this out now. It was pretty interesting. Uh, there's people that like live this whole entire off the grid, traveling around America life that I just had never considered before. Hmm. Interesting. Well, cool. Uh, all right. Well, that's all the things we watched this week. So let's talk a little bit about this here new news. Dumb Dudes News Network. Yeah, this first one is kind of (laughs) dumb. There's three additional Game of Thrones spinoffs coming, despite the two that are already in production. So, do any of them sound good? Well, that's the thing, is in theory, yeah. One of them is about Nymeria, the, like, queen warlord from a thousand years ago who uh, Arya named her wolf after, or, yeah, Arya named her wolf after. That sounds cool. Uh, one of them was about uh, Flea's Bottom, the underworld of King's Landing. I'm, uh, that doesn't sound interesting to me. And I forget what the third one was. It's called I think it's called Nine Voyages, and it's about Game of Thrones pirates, which also sounds interesting. So two of them sound interesting. Okay. But also, like, Game of Thrones sounds interesting. And then you watch it, and it's just walking dead in medieval times. Yeah, I, I wasn't... I'm not a big Game of Thrones fan, so I'm not one to really uh, have much to say about this. Probably nothing I'll watch, it sounds like. Yeah, I was... I liked Game of Thrones a lot when it came, when it started. And then as it went, I was like, this is... The same thing as Walking Dead, where it, it a lot of it depends on shock value. Hmm, yeah. And I, I yeah. just, uh, like, uh, this is just... And then the end, obviously the end. No one liked the end. Uh, no, it was terrible. Yeah. Whole, whole, whole final season, terrible. Uh, all right, so we got a little piece of better news, or more interesting news here. Uh, Disney CEO says that Black Widow, the release of Black Widow... Uh, Widow? Black Widow. The Widow Black Widow. Yo, Black Widow release will be a last minute decision. Give us a little context here, Nick. So they've already moved it back twice because it was supposed to come out May of 2020. And then they moved it to November 2020. And then they moved it to May 
I think May 7th, 2021. So it's been moved a few times, and everyone's kind of wondering, like, are they going to move it again? Uh, but the Disney hasn't committed yet on whether they're going to bump it from its date that it's at. Personally, I think I'll be vaccinated by then, and I think a lot of people will. And also the, the Marcus Theaters in Wisconsin are opening again on March 26th. So I think there's signs that it's going to come out. I think a lot of people are going to have the vaccine by then. And theaters, more theaters will be open. If, if anything, they might not delay it uh, as far as they have in the past, you know. But, you know, I, want, I, I really just want these movies to start coming out. There's supposed to be Eternals this year and Spider-Man 3. I just want, I want it all. I want it too. I want it, I want all the things uh, for sure. But I'm glad that the Disney Marvel shows are coming out sequentially, so we don't have much of a break in between each one. That's the th- yeah. That helps a lot with this. That yeah, helps a lot. Uh, the other thing that I have here for the news is that we are recording this on the 19th, March 19th, Friday, and there are several things that are now out as of today. Uh, the Snyder Cut, which I'm going to probably watch part of tonight. I know you don't care. No, I'm not into that. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. But uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier came out today. Uh, Yin Yang Master came out today on uh, Netflix. That looks cool. Season 3 of Formula 1 Drive to Survive is out. I will definitely be watching that every single episode. Yep, that'll be on your What I Watched next week. Uh, sure will be. Uh, and that's uh, that's the only like stuff of mainly of interest that I have. I was talking to Robo via chat last night, and he was watching the Snyder Cut. And he told me that it's in 4-3 aspect ratio on purpose. I, I do not understand this. Dude panned and scanned his own movie. I, I, I do not understand the rationale behind this. It makes no sense to me. What is this hipster VHS nonsense? This, this, is, this makes no sense. Nobody has a 4-3 ratio screen. Like, not even tablet screens are that ratio. No, I don't understand. I don't either. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch it with black bars on the side, I guess. Yeah, it's four hours long. You can't even watch a four hour long TV series. Only thing four hours that I can watch is Lord of the Rings, and this ain't Lord of the Rings. No, to even say them in the same sentence is gross. It is. It is kind of. It left a bad taste in my mouth there, <laughs> Nick. <laughs> All right, so let's get this bad taste out of our mouth by talking about these here, the question towns. Times me a question. It's back. They were wondering where it was. They were wondering. They were wondering are our methods unsound? <laughs> are my methods unsound? <laughs> are my questions unsound? Are my questions unsound? Okay, so the question times this week. Who came up with this? Did you come up with this one? Uh, it were me, yes. This is an excellent question, I should say. Well, it was inspired by today's viewing of Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> Why don't you read us this here question? All right, so if you could be... BFFs with one Avenger and go on adventures, who's it going to be? All right, so my snap judgment on this was Doctor Strange. Like, he can teleport. Okay, that's what we all want, right? Teleportation. And so I was like, good, got my answer. And then I came back later to it, and I and I started thinking about it more. And then I was like, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute, okay? Now, Captain Marvel can fly at the speed of light or faster than light, and she could take you to far-off planets, Okay, so so maybe Doctor Strange couldn't teleport you to those far off planets, but Do- but Captain Marvel could take you there. Okay, so it, take me to space, that baby. Yeah, but then I thought, wait a second, 
yes, I want to space travel, but what do I want more than that? To go back to the 1980s. And who can do that? Only one Avenger, and that's Ant-Man. What a good choice. And uh, I like your... your, uh sort of reasoning train to get there i have a similar one my my favorite avenger like if i had to pick like sort of my go-to standard favorite is not is thor because i'm a thor guy but if your friends all thor's friends are all like dead like they all get murdered (laughs) and spoiler (laughs) yeah he he loses friends a lot so i don't want to i feel like i'd be in harm's way with a lot of avengers uh i really like steve but he's also like He's all business, you know. Captain America's always always doing business, and I'm I'm too lazy to be his best friend. <laughs> so then I was like, who who would I like to hang out with that wouldn't get me in trouble? And I like Rhodey a lot. I'm a huge Rhodey fan. I love War Machine. Yeah, I like Rhodey too. Yeah, he's. I feel like he has a strong moral compass. He's uh, like a stand-up dude. He's sarcastic. He's funny. He's, yeah. he's got a different personality than mine. I like to hang out with people who are different than me in ways. Yeah. And it just in a way that I would like. I would like to be around Rhodey. But then I, I kept thinking, I was like, but who has the best energy to be around? Who's always happy and fun? And it's Ant-Man. It's Ant-Man is the correct answer to this question. <laughs> he is. He's great. And then let me throw this little, little bit at you here. Because we can quantum tunnel, we will finally get to see... The Pleistocene. Oh, Ant-Man's going to take us back to look at Pleistocene mammals. We get to see the megafauna with Ant-Man. And, and that just, that that right there makes this the right answer. I feel like uh, if you're friends with Ant-Man, that comes with being friends with, with Hope and, and Hank. So that we could go to the Pleistocene maybe in that machine, that like, that bubble machine that Hank had to go into the quantum realm. And that would be the ideal thing for cruising around in the... In the Pleistocene, looking at stuff. Yep, yep. So uh, we're going to the Pleistocene, guys, with Ant Man, with the with the Pims. It's gonna be great. Yeah, I feel like it would probably be a good idea if Hank or, or Hope came with, because I feel like me and Ant Man maybe together would not be the best people to navigate the Pleistocene, <laughs> because we would do something dumb and get stuck there. Well, yeah, if something goes wrong with the ship or whatnot, like you don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I want Hank there. He's funny, too. <laughs> that part in Ant-Man and the Wasp where he comes out of the school and he's still shrunk. <laughs> That's the funniest thing in the MCU. <laughs> he asks him if he wants a juice box and some string cheese. <laughs> uh, good times. Good times, everybody. Yeah, I would be friends with, with Ant-Man. Yep, so Ant-Man's the right answer. But tell us, uh, if you want to send in your wrong answer, That's if it's not Ant-Man, uh, let us know and, and tell us your reasoning behind it. Uh, but it's not. I guarantee it's not going to be as cool as going to Pleistocene Park in real life. Yep. So try as you try as you may. Give us your answers. <laughs> write us in. We'll tell you how to write into a, a, us later in the show, folks. Not now. Not now. Uh, because right now it's time to talk about the new 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 trailers, uh, folks. We have. Just shy, uh, too shy of an Adele design. We have an Adele 10. Yeah, we have a lot of video game stuff this week, so we're a little lighter on movie trailers. But that's a piece of mercy, trust me, based on what came (laughs) out this week for trailers. Yeah, not a lot. Uh, Starting off here, we've got uh, Cruella, the second trailer for Cruella. 
Yeah, so nothing has changed for me for this. I still don't understand the appeal of this this movie. Uh, this is a not a not a good fun character. This is a an evil villain. This is the Devil Wears Prada meets the Joker. Yeah, that's it. That's what this is. This is the Joker Wears Prada. <laughs> and that's the episode name. <laughs> and that's the here it is. <laughs> The Joker wears Prada. Uh, since we talked about uh, this, the first trailer already, I don't want to dwell on that, but I want to talk about some of the other people that are in this cast here. There's a lot of people that I don't recognize, but also Emma Thompson and Mark Strong are in this. And uh, Mark Strong is it's pretty great, usually. And I don't know this character he's playing, someone named Boris. But Mark Strong, did you ever see the movie Stardust? Is that the one with... Oh, is is that the one with Daredevil? Yeah, Daredevil and yes. like Michelle Pfeiffer and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mark Strong was uh, Septimus, the brother, one of the brothers who was in line for the throne. He was like the the last one that survived, and the part where he is being used as like a marionette puppet was so creepy and awesome, and like done so well that every time I see him, I get creeped out a little because I think of him jerking around like a marionette when they were using him to, to fight with the sword. Mm. So instead of watching Cruella, I recommend you watch Stardust, based on the novel by Neil Gaiman. Uh, it's great. That, that movie's great. Yep. And, and it's got uh, it's got the Nero in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in one of his strangest roles and most fun. Oh, yeah, very strange role. <laughs> I love it when people play against type. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, so then we have a trailer for The Irregulars. This is a proper trailer and uh, and a very YA one at that. Yeah, this gave a lot more context of what the show is going to be about. There's a lot of supernatural stuff. Uh, I I feel like there's going to be... Because they're, they're making it seem like Sherlock Holmes is gone or disappeared or something. So obviously it's going to be... The whole thing is going to be working up to him being in it. Yep. Um, I, I guarantee I'll start watching this. The question is, will I finish it? Yeah, that is the question. The vibe that I got from this trailer is very YA. Uh-huh. I mean, it looks very much geared towards that audience. And I just don't know that it's going to be written um, in such a way that it appeals to people outside of that demographic. Yeah, I, I feel like it could be good. But it also could be like that Catherine Langford show where she was like in it was based on the Frank Miller comic. She was in Medieval Times. It was like, uh, she was like an Arthurian character. Oh yeah, the yeah 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 the she she got the sword or whatever. She had I quit watching it. Yeah, yeah, I quit watching it because it was just like this is so juvenile. It's just not made for me. Yeah, so this could be like that, but you know it could surprise me. So I'll probably start this one. The jury's out on whether it'll be finished. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that even passed through my mind that i was like this might be like that yeah that arthurian thing yep yeah we'll see i don't know the, the special effects look decent yeah yeah no yeah, it looks looks all right looks all right all right so then oh we have we had a double trailer release for in the heights so one of the trail you know this is that uh, lin Man- manuel miranda a uh, daily do so one of the trailers is called the washington heights trailer and the other one's called the powerful version or something yeah the i don't know powerful version more normal movie trailer than the other one yeah yeah so if you want the i mean you can watch both of them but if you want a more movie-esque trailer the powerful that's the powerful version and if you want the musical trailer that's the washington heights one i recommend that one because 
the reason you're gonna be watching this is for the music and that one gives you it's if it's like you know it's Lynn Lynn has a very distinctive style very uh, so if you like Hamilton and you like Moana both of which he did the music for both of those and you can tell very much on both of them you know this is gonna be the same I mean, he did this first so this is like where his breakout th- thing was uh, he originated this role so it might it might be like the the genesis of all of that style comes from this but this is obviously a new version so yeah this um before i saw hamilton i saw this i saw a trailer to this or a teaser or something from this and i was like oh this this sounds exactly like hamilton like there's no difference like so for the untrained ear they sounded exactly the same yeah but i mean the style is similar yeah very lynn lynn style yeah you can tell with moana too especially on the the away away we'll keep our island in our mind and it's like that's lynn i can you know i can pick him out of a crowd yep exactly so this will be probably pretty good i think i think so it's got a lot of cool people in it uh stephanie beatrice if you like brooklyn 99 uh she's in it lynn lynn's in it but his credit is paragua guy so i'm guessing it's just a little cameo yeah he, he's making snow cones yeah something that's like what that he's doing. so but yeah I'm, uh, yep. this one is one of the ones that's going to be simulcast on hbo and the- theatrically so it's low barrier to entry even like i want to see it already but they're making it easy yeah for sure uh all right so then we have a trailer for concrete cowboy starring the kid one of the kids from stranger things yeah caleb mclaughlin he was in stranger things uh and also idris elba idris idris and the okay the synopsis for this one is a teenager discovers the world of urban horseback riding when he moves in with his estranged father in north philadelphia that's buck wild isn't it like that's buck wild i did i did not understand this uh he has a horse in his in his apartment which makes no sense to me no i didn't i i I was very confused so i watched this trailer twice and i still don't know i couldn't get past i is this a thing like there's a thing where like people have concrete cowboys hey this is so strange to me i like yeah i don't know if this is real or if they made it up i mean i've not like looked this up on wikipedia uh, I was traumatized by the the horse manure <laughs> on the Jordans. Yeah, uh, yeah. dung r- literally drops on top of like pristine Jordans, man. And I'm not even a Jordans guy, but I'm a shoe guy. And I was just like, I don't know if I can stomach the rest of this. No, that was I. Th- I thought that was kind of funny because I knew that would wound you. <laughs> I was like, oh no. But this is just this is such a weird thing where it's like do do i want to watch this just to figure out what's going on here it's a low barrier to enter this is coming out on netflix on april 2nd uh idris elba's good this caleb mclaughlin from stranger things is good but this is so weird it's so weird and it also is very serious the tone on this was super serious and it's just like i just this might be a little bit of angela's ashes at, at the beach here I feel like that. I felt like that as well. But how can it be when it's about a guy who has a horse in his house? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. This is this is some strange stuff. We'll see. This is the weirdest one of the week. Yeah, for sure, the weirdest one. Uh, we'll see what the critics say, won't we? I don't know. The critics are probably going to pan this next one, but I think it looks pretty cool, actually. And it's Roroni Kenshin, a live-action Roroni Kenshin, and it's all in Japanese. Yes. So if it was either this one from its earlier release in Japan or something, or a previous film in the installment, 
they showed clips from this on stunt stunt people react on corridor digital and the stunts that they showed were completely awesome like really good well done stunts and good special effects so in terms of like people adapting anime this looks like it's done extremely well I'm telling you, some of these moves look like they were pulled straight out of an anime. There, there's one shot, and you're going to know what I'm talking about, where he, this guy literally jumps off a wall or a building, and his legs are motionless, and he takes that sword above his head, and he slices. He's coming right at the camera, and he slices right at the camera. And I'm like, that came right out of an anime, and it looked awesome. It did look awesome. When we were watching this, Jess was like, she's like, I want, she's like, how do they get it to look so much like the anime? Because I've never seen it, but I think she has, because she recognized one of the characters, or she at least knew that one character with the little glasses. And, yeah, it just looks good. It look, I'm, I'm a huge fan of stunt people, and uh, anything that has a, a good stunt showcase, I can I can get into it for even for just for that reason alone. So this looks awesome to me. Yeah, here, here's what I'm here for. Let me tell you, what I'm here for it. You know, we don't get a lot of Japanese-made movies over here in the states that are like that reach popularity or whatever. But it, they are slowly perfecting this translation of anime to live action, and they're getting better and better at it, guys. Like, you, you know, you go watch like Full Metal Alchemist, not that great, right? Made a couple years back, not really that great. Uh, but then we have, I haven't seen it, but we have the live action uh, Attack on Titan, I think. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little bit better. But this right here, it's like, okay, now we're ser- we are getting serious about replicating anime style in real life. Someone's adapting Helsing, too. Okay, okay. But those that's about English people, so they I feel like they'll have to cast white people. And then people on the internet will be like, hey... You're supposed to cast Japanese people, and the Japanese people who made it will be like, but they're English. You know, I built that. I, you may be a you may be a fortune teller. You may be a magic eight ball man here uh, with a little foresight. That sounds exactly like uh, something that would happen in uh, 2020 or 2021, doesn't it? Yep. So we'll see. Uh, I saw one we'll episode see. of the the new Helsing that they made because Jess was watching it, and it was pretty cool. Yeah. I would say if you're going to watch uh, any of these trailers just to see a little uh, spectacle, go watch this one. Yeah, it's cool. If, if you'll never make it to see the movie, like maybe you don't like foreign films or something, at least watch this for the stunts alone. Yeah, for sure. All right, so next up we have Rutherford Falls. Yeah, so this is a, a, a show that's coming out, and it's from Mike Schur, who is my very favorite show person. And it stars Ed Helms, who is my least favorite <laughs> they lost us both at ed helms but then we saw mike sure i saw they show part they said parks and rec you know on the screen at the people that made that brought you parks and rec and uh the good place so then i was like okay maybe i'm back in maybe i'm back in yeah i think the thing about ed helms is the characters that i don't it's maybe it's not him but it's the characters that he gets shoehorned into playing because a lot of times He'll end up playing the straight man in movies that I don't like, like the Hangover sequels, or he'll just be like the straight man in, in movies like Tag or something. It's like, well, he's not that funny, but he's being the straight man. I didn't like him in The Office, but that's because I felt like they kept changing his personality to fit whatever the direction of the episode needed, like to have him be an antagonist or a good guy, and they just kept changing it so he had no consistency as a character in that and that sort of 
my opinion of of him came from that which that might not be necessarily his fault but this is a Mike Schur show and he's the best of the best and so I'm I'm I will 100% watch this just based on him being involved also the there's this Native American actor Michael Gray Eyes who's looks like he's one of the main characters so I'm hoping they're going to have a lot of of humor like in Parks and Rec with uh the Wamapo guy his name was Ken <laughs> who always was yeah. was making Leslie uncomfortable that guy was the best There are two things I know about white people they love Rachel Ray and they are terrified of curses <laughs> It was great and that the gray eyes guy in this he looks great. I, he he's probably the best part of the trailer. Yeah, he was the funniest character in the trailer. Uh, there was a couple yeah. other people uh, that I've heard of before, but no one's super famous beyond Ed Helms. So I feel like that means that Mike Schur is pretty confident in the ability for the scripts to make these people, you know, bigger and funnier. The podcasting voice is very manipulative. Yeah. Yeah, I'll get, we'll we'll definitely give this one a shot. Yeah, it deserves it deserves a chance, even even with yeah. Ed Helms. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where we're both landing here. Uh, oh, this next one, you're definitely going to give a shot, buddy. You're excited about this. This is a documentary called Sasquatch. This is the most I've ever wanted to watch something. <laughs> this show's got everything. It's got illegal dope fields. It's got Sasquatch. It has murder. <laughs> Uh, hippies with ar-15 <laughs> hippies with ar-15 I, i'm not good at the at the stefan but this trailer lends itself perfectly to a stefan impression yeah so there's like a murder where the people said that bigfoot killed three people and on a dope farm in washington and there's all these missing people and and it's like a bigfoot documentary with this guy who like went undercover like a journalist that went undercover in like the like it wasn't the clan it was some not neo-nazi thing but oh all of this ridiculous stuff under the label of also being a, a bigfoot documentary this is the best thing i've ever seen <laughs> there's a line in this where the guy goes the story of sasquatch or of men like monsters have been with us since the very beginning and then ben moon <laughs> would add and so has the reality of drugs. <laughs> yeah. And, and those two probably go together. Yeah. The story of Sasquatch and Man Like Monsters goes hand in hand with <laughs> with the smoking of hallucinogenic plants. <laughs> yes. I think those two go together very nicely. Uh, and that's, uh, this is, this might be wild. If this is, if you watch this and you say, Ben, this is wild. You got to see this. Then I will watch this. Yeah. This is going to be on Hulu. I think it's, I think it's April 2nd or something like that. April 20th, so it's a little longer away. Oh, it's on 420? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Another layer. Another layer has been added. Nice. There it is. Oh, this this might be fun. This might be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about Sasquatch. <laughs> uh, okay, so then next up we have Paper Spiders. Okay, so this one, the... Uh, it starts off as like an indie movie about this girl who's moving in with her mom or something. I don't think they lived together beforehand. And then it drives off a cliff. And all oh. of a sudden it's about like her mom is like paranoid about the neighbor is like following her and crawling on the roof and stuff. And there's like cameras and it really didn't, I really didn't see that coming once it started. 
It had all. The, I should have known something was going to happen because it had all of the laurels from the Cannes Film Festival at the beginning. <laughs> so I was like, oh, something's going to happen here. Uh, the the description on IMDb is very simple: a bittersweet story about coming of age in the shadow of mental illness. So you know. God. So you know Ben's going to love this one. You know I'm going to love this one. Uh, I, no, seriously, I, I cannot wait to watch a mother's descent into madness and see her teenage daughter suffer from it. Yeah, it sounds fun. It sounds like a great time. I mean, in their defense, they did say it, it builds itself back up by the end. Uh, and they showed a lot of the movie in this, but not nearly as much as the next trailer showed. But yeah, I don't want to watch Paper Spiders. Uh, no, I don't I don't want anything to do with this. No thanks. Uh, some of y'all that, that like this kind of stuff, you just like depressing stories have at it have fun yeah speaking of de- depressing stories nick our ninth trailer is <laughs> it's called four good days this one and this this is triple atb right here but i literally i wasn't gonna jay sent me this and i wasn't gonna include it because this seemed like the one we talk about for one minute and then move on but also angela's ashes at the beach is a catchphrase of ours and i feel like we haven't used it in a while and so i legitimately put this on the outline because this is triple atb this is triple ATB. Uh, there is one good thing other than the fact that Mila Kunis and uh, Glenn Close are probably really good actors in this. Like their acting is probably really, really good in it this. It looks very and then, good. That's in, yeah, it's indicative from the trailer. The other good thing is the makeup job they do on Mila Kunis, buddy, is the real deal. Like real good makeup in this. Yeah, she looks like a drug addict. You have to be good at makeup to make Mila Kunis unattractive. That is a thousand percent the truth. I was I was thinking that as well when I watched this. It kind of reminds me of when uh, uh, what was that Patty Jenkins movie with Charlize Theron? Monster. Monster. Yep. Yeah, Jess mentioned that earlier. I I, I couldn't remember the name, but uh, yep. It's like Monster where you take Charlize Theron and you make her look like a serial killer. <laughs> Best makeup Oscar. Uh, what? Yeah, and then the what's the the other one is the the ice skating movie. Um, with uh australian girl oh uh i tanya i tanya yeah it's like how do you make her look ugly (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen i haven't seen that yet but everyone tells me it's good yeah i've heard it's good too i've not seen it so yeah so this is triple atb uh i don't know what else to say about it buddy that's it i just wanted us to talk about angela's ashes (laughs) at the beach All right, so uh, last trailer, the uh, movie trailer that we've got here is "Dad, Stop Embarrassing Me," and I think your description is right on. So yeah, this is Jamie Fox has come back to do a sitcom uh, for Netflix, and it is a straight up '90s TGIF sitcom set in 2021. That's exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. But I will say this has one of my favorite people in. In the entertainment world, it has David Allen Greer in this. I cannot tell you how much I love David Allen Greer. Well, he was very good in this trailer as well. He's great. So this actually looks pretty funny. Uh, I laughed out loud um, at parts of this, and uh, I think I, I'll, I'm going to check out that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to at least watch one or two episodes of yeah, this. Yeah, I had a big grin on my face while I was watching. I love those '90s sitcoms. Like this is like a TGIF show. So good. Yeah, it's al- it's almost like a mix of like like Family Matters and Fresh Prince or something. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that maybe a little bit of Sister Sister. 
Yeah, yeah. These very good shows that I loved. Yes. So <laughs> the, part, this... the part where he comes out with the pants that are like painted on, <laughs> and he's like, "They're skinny jeans," and she's like, "They're starving." <laughs> oh. There's also there's also a part where they're in church and he pu- and she pulls a pastry out of her. <laughs> Out of her purse, and David Allen Grant says, "Won't he do it?" <laughs> that got me real good. That got me good. It was good. It was a good trailer. Yeah, I put this one at the end because I felt it would counteract the two uh, Angela's Ashes trailers that we just did. <laughs> you know, I like where your head's at, Nick. I like I like the way you think. Uh, I like your Winter Soldier mind. Yep, I'm the I'm the Winter Soldier to your Falcon. Indeed, and you know what? That's going to make closing this out uh, really easy today. Once we get done with the the movie portion of it, won't it? <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> well, but before we do that, we've got to talk about these here trailer mailers. Yeah, so uh, we got we got a lot of responses for our best worst last week. Everybody wanted to talk about their best and worst sci-fi movies, so this is a popular one. So thank you guys for commenting. Uh, this was very fun to read. Okay, I'll start with Kevin. Kevin said, my best, Terminator 2, although it's so difficult to choose a single best sci-fi film since there are so many stellar ones. My worst... I loathe Plan 9 from Outer Space and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker for totally different reasons, so it's hard to isolate one. Plan 9 from Outer Space was just overall bad. This is me interjecting. I mean, it's Ed Wood. (laughs) It's an Ed Wood movie. Um, Rise of Skywalker was such a massive letdown with so so much backpedaling to try to please disgruntled fans that it deserves its place at the bottom, at least as far as I'm concerned, even if it was a wonderful visual spectacle. I tend to agree. Uh, I didn't like Rise of Skywalker. Plan 9 from Outer Space is bad, but it's Ed Wood. So it's not bad cynically. It's just bad because he was a terrible filmmaker. He had no he had no skills at all. If anyone wants to see a really good movie about him, the Tim Burton movie Ed Wood with Johnny Depp is really, really, really good. Uh, I've not seen that. I don't think I've, I've seen either of those films, Ed Wood or Plan 9. Plan Nine's funny, but from outer it's, space. Bad. it's funny because it's bad. But I, if you're going to watch it, I recommend watching it with Rift Tracks. I think you can watch yeah. it with Rift Tracks on Amazon. Uh, it's a lot easier to get through if, if the Mystery Science Theater guys are making fun of it. <laughs> yeah, sure. I imagine so. Uh, Mandy said the best is Gattaca, um, which I love Gattaca. So good. Uh, definitely definitely a, a thought-provoking movie, for sure. Uh, and she said runner-up is Independence Day. And, girl, you are so right, man. Independence Day. Uh, the worst is The Langoliers, <laughs> which is a miniseries yep. on it's, cable TV. Stephen King. Or uh, Network Stephen TV. King miniseries. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. I watched every episode of it. Um, and then runner-up is Independence Day Resurgence. Boy, what a letdown, Mandy. I, listen, we're on that save wave, wavelength there, Mandy. I gotta be honest, I haven't seen Gattaca yet. Oh, dude, you would love Gattaca. I feel like I would, and it's on my list. It's just I haven't done it yet. Yeah, so there are some sci-fi movies that really make you think. Uh, and I'm, talk, I'm talking about movies like um, uh, the Christian Bale movie uh, Equilibrium. Gattaca's another one. The Matrix, obviously. Is Ethan Hawke in Gattaca? Uh, he is. He's great. Yeah, he's always, he's always um, great. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's really good. I highly recommend Gattaca. I'll, I'll watch uh, it so, sooner than later. Yeah. Uh, Mark, Mark. Okay. Mark said, "Arrival should be in the conversation." Villeneuve made a small, emotionally effective and compelling story on a big sci-fi premise and never let the movie rely solely on its own spectacle. It's so contemplative and beautiful, 
and I can't say enough good things about it. I 100% agree it's a crime that it wasn't on the 30 best list that we had last week. And then he said, the worst one I can think of is Lost in Space from 1998. <gasps> Surprisingly deep bench of famous people, though. <laughs> and I had words with Mark. <laughs> I'm about to say, you're you're into that, I, man. I will die on the hill, and I will always jump to the defense of Lost in Space 1998. So I, I, I came in because I commented <laughs> right away. I was like, well, first of all, <laughs> I was like, I understand when if people don't like the 1998 Lost in Space movie, but... It created a tone that has not been reproduced in a sci-fi movie of this weird creepiness that's at like this, this, it's one of the only things I've ever watched where I felt like I was somewhere where I didn't know where I was. Like, you're supposed to feel lost in the movie. It seems, that movie, like the, the places that they go to and just the way that they're in space feels so far away and alien to me that it's sort of like watching a, a joseph kaczynski movie where you you feel the intended feelings from like the music and the surroundings that he wants you to feel like tron legacy or oblivion and i feel that about lost in space does it have very very dated cgi yes i mean dr smith monster version was one of the first full cgi characters uh in a movie so it's not great but he still looks cool and Gary, it's one of the best Gary Oldman performances ever, in my opinion. He's like so hams it up. He's Doctor Smith. Uh, there's so many. It's so quotable. Uh, Heather Graham plays Judy as like in the, with this weird ghostly creepiness that I just love, and it's so weird like the choice that she made. But Judy's so smart that she's she's almost ethereally smart and weird, and just the way she talks. Uh, when they go into that old abandoned ship and she's like, the air is stale, cold. And then Dr. Smith is like, that's the smell of ghosts. It's so cool. Anyway, I love that movie. I need to go. I need to re- revisit this because y- you have a way of describing things that I connect with. So when you say Tron Legacy and Oblivion and how the music transports you to that world and like takes you in, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. And and it does that to me. And so if this does the same thing, I think this is worth a revisit. I, I think so too. And it's not, it doesn't have as good a soundtracks as those movies. It doesn't, you, it's not the soundtrack so much that is transportive. It's just the, I've never, the atmosphere that the they atmosphere create. atmosphere makes me feel lost in, in a weird space. You know, it, like it's lost in space. I feel that from it because it's so alien. And then there's the stuff with the, the time bubbles and like from being in space. And there's like this weird time problem. And so they come across the ship, and it's like an old ship from their own people. And it's all, like, people that they just saw a week ago, but because of the way that uh, the cryogenics and stuff, it's it's ancient and, like, decrepit. And it's, you're, you're like, how do you get back from that? You're So you're even more lost. You're, like, alone in time, and you're out in the middle of nowhere. And there's, like, weird creatures, and everything is so alien. It's just, I think it's a very good movie. I don't blame anyone for, like, seeing it in 1998 and just being like, oh, whatever. That was just a weird movie version of a TV show, and it, it didn't have the same tone at all as the TV show. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Like, you know, I'm not going to... It's it's one of those things where I know it's weird to like it as much as I do, but I just... it To me, it's it speaks to me different than it does to other people, I think. Oh, he also mentioned his future best is Dune. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, so Mark said his future best, Dune, baby. And, yeah, he's not wrong. Dune is the best sci-fi book I've ever read. 
Yeah, and it's Villeneuve, so I it's it's our most awaited movie probably uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, Mark was fully on board with us in our Villeneuve love. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so Robo said the best is, or his favorite is Stargate because I may love that franchise the most and worst. Uh, well, oh, I said this wrong. So Robo said his best or his favorite is Stargate because uh, I may love that franchise the most. Uh, I love the original movie. Kurt Russell. So good. Kurt Russell, man. Bunny way, bunny way. Then he says, the worst, well, I just started the Snyder Cut of Justice League, and it's in 4-3. <laughs> <laughs> so not a great start. So, oh boy. Yeah, I think he started texting me right after that. <laughs> we were just going, like, what, what, why is this a choice? This is, why would you do that? This is like trying to make 3D TVs happen. I, I have a 3D TV, but not because it's a 3D TV. It's just that's one of the things it does. And I think I've used the 3D aspect of it once. That's it. Sounds about right. Yeah, and then the glasses that came with it broke, and I couldn't find new ones. What a joke. Uh, Jay said, throwing out my weird answers today. Best is the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai across the Eighth Dimension, starring Peter Weller, Ellen Barkin, John Lithgow, Jeff Goldblum, Clancy Brown, Yakov Smirnoff, Vincent uh, Schiavelli. I, I don't. I think that's Schiavelli. Schiavelli. And Christopher Lloyd. Agreed. That one rules. I had that movie on VHS. So I love that movie too. And his worst is Runaway, starring Tom Selleck, Gene Simmons, Cynthia Rhodes, and Kirstie Alley. Now, I haven't seen Runaway, but I also agree with you that that is bad. <laughs> like, I love Tom Selleck because I like Magnum. But, like, Gene Simmons and Kirstie Alley. Like, Kirstie Alley came on after Diane on Cheers. And so I've, I've always hated her because she wasn't Diane. Like, Rebecca sucked. Diane was the one. But yeah, have you ever seen Buckaroo Banzai? No. I feel like you'd like it. It's weird. It's really good, though. I want to see it. I want to Maybe I'll try to chase it down. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, all right, so if people wanted to write into us to answer today's uh, or this episode's The Question Times, how would they do that, Nick? Well, they would email us at trailerblazerspod at gmail.com. Uh, if they're Kevin, that's what they'll do. He always emails. Um, if they're everybody else, they'll follow us on Instagram at Trailer Blazers Podcast, which is where I post all of our new episode announcements and uh, questions times and like best worst and all that stuff goes on Instagram. If you want just to know when a new episode came out, you can follow us on Twitter at Trailer underscore Blazers. As far as I know, that's the algorithm that makes it post a tweet when a new one comes out is still functional. I do not check or look there. If you're feeling generous, go on Apple Podcasts and rate and review us with a five-star rating and review, which is the only way that it works. And if you do that, Quick Mickey's going to let you know what happens. Oh, little buddy, I'm going to let you know what it's going to do if you let the five-star running on there. What we're going to do is we're going to get together, and we're just going to make a fan film. We're just going to make a fan movie film, and then we're going to call it Paper Spiders, okay? And what it's going to be is it's going to be a movie about origami but you soak the paper in drug water okay now i don't know what type of we're just gonna figure that part out maybe it's like you dissolve cocaine into uh like a plastic bin filled with water or like an igloo uh cooler filled with water but you dissolve like sheets of acid in it or cocaine or something like that bath salts and then then you soak the paper in that and then you take it out Wait for it to dry, and you make origami spiders out of it. And then they 
magically come to life somehow. We'll figure that out in the brainstorming sessions. But that's what we're going to do, and it's going to be a fan film, and we're going to put it out on the YouTubes, but we can't make any money on it. So if you live a five-star right and you're thinking you're just going to make money off of the paper drug spiders movie that was making, think again. That's a tip. <laughs> Thanks, Craig Mickey. That was a real weird one. <laughs> Effervescence as always. Yeah, so for the Trailer Blazers, I'm Ben Moon, and I am the Falcon. Happy Trailsers. And I'm Nick Kelly, and I am the Winter Soldier. Happy Trailsers. Of the show our, uh, is our podcast unsound. I'm going to do this section as the golf announcer in my PGA game who uh, is very cruel if I make even the slightest mistake. <laughs> Luke Elvey, if I ever meet you in real life. <laughs> he, he's probably like the commentator when you watch the Olympics and you watch the diving, like the high uh-huh. diving. There's, there's always that one lady who can never say anything good. She's only critical and she's so annoying. Yeah, well, Luke... Luke makes fun of me. Well, John McCarthy on the on the ground makes fun of you the most. Where he'll if you putt bad, he'll be like, mm, "That's that wasn't even close." <laughs> like, shut up, John. I know. And then uh, <laughs> Luke, I get more mad at him if he'll be like, "Oh, that's a fairway, Sika." And then it goes in the rough. And then the other guy goes, "Luke, that did not go where you said it was gonna go." And I'm like, "I know it didn't." <laughs> <laughs> I really hate that guy. So I've been playing a lot of golf still. Yep. You know, I actually finally beat Cyberpunk. You did? How did you like the end? Uh, so I got, I went on YouTube afterwards and learned that I did the best ending. But even that ending was uh, very lackluster. Um, and I will tell you, from beginning to end, that main storyline is boogerific mm. it is not good it is not interesting i didn't like any of the characters i didn't even like pan am you're like you know one of the love interests uh, i didn't even like her I, but now that to be fair i don't like the voice actress that played her she's one of the voice actresses that was in that uh, life is strange game she plays the friend i never played that in that game yeah she, i just don't like her i just it's just personal thing i just don't think she's a good voice actress so she's kind of annoying to me yeah that story though it's just not it's just not good you know it's you know when the side missions and wandering around the city is way more fun than the main storyline that's a problem you know mm-hmm. like that's a problem yeah i feel like uh it's weird because in the witcher the side missions are extremely good it's the same type of deal Except the main story is also very good. So they did a better Mm -hmm. job with that one. Yeah, I think so. I don't know that I'll be returning to this. Uh, I've actually been having kind of hankerings to return to Fallout 4. You're not the first person I've heard say that this week. Yeah, I just, you know, I always find myself wanting to go back to Bethesda. It's It's like an old flame that you just keep going back to. I play video games different than most people that I know. Uh, I'm I'm a very low end video game like I'm not a I'm not a gamer that I'm not that like I I've, I almost never replay anything and I almost never dip back into things. The exceptions being Mass Effect Two I played a billion times because it was so good, and I played 
each Tomb Raider game twice. Oh, wow. I'm not much of a game uh, return to other games, but uh, Bethesda games are a different story. I, I, I could go play Skyrim right now and enjoy it. Just enjoy the heck out of it with mods. I feel like, yeah, of the things that I could dip back into, Bethesda is easily made for that. Uh, like I said last week, I was going to pick up uh, Steam World Dig 2, start playing that on Stadia. I did, and it is so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you liked it? Oh, it's great. It's it's just as good as the first one, and uh, the art is great, and it's just it's a fun time. I love it. Is, is that a de-stressor it. game, do you find, or is it is it oh yeah it's not stressful at all um you just kind of you just dig around and it's it's metroidvania and you it's just great the formula and the 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 loop it's great i find for de-stressing i can play certain parts of pga tour like i go into practice mode and just chip try and chip it in but then also when i play the tournament if i'm over par at all i'm furious the whole time <laughs> <laughs> Uh, over par Nick. Very rarely, but I the other day, I was on Monday, I played five tournament rounds in the day because I, I had a half a day. And I lost the first four of them by a lot. And I was so mad. <laughs> and then it compounds and then it makes you worse at the game the madder you get. That's golf for you, I guess. Uh-huh. It reminded me of, uh, I kept thinking of the episode of Seinfeld where uh jay peterman has elaine bid on the golf clubs the kennedy golf clubs and then they get destroyed uh and then when she delivers them to him he picks up the like bent wedge and he goes i had no idea kennedy had such a temper (laughs) (laughs) that's my golf clubs yeah i think the maddest i've ever been in a video game was back um there's a there was a game called midnight club and uh you could bet your car on a race and i lost like a skyline or some car that i loved and i was so mad i can't i can't tell you how mad i was so i went and bought a motorcycle and raced people to like win my car car back or you know get money or whatever and i was able to do it but i just remember being so mad having bet that car and lost Mm -hmm. it oh and there's no way like once you know you're gonna lose and there's no way you can undo it because you can't cancel the games in in pga tour so it's just like you're locked in and then i wish you could simulate the end of the rounds because if i'm on the ninth hole and i've gotten two bogeys already which is rare but if it happens i know i'm gonna lose i wish i could just simulate the rest of the hole because i don't want to spend the next 20 minutes losing yeah yeah for sure (laughs) uh our digital life our digital life so uh, we've got a couple. We actually have a half dozen trailers here for Vigi Games. The first one being Skatebird. This is pretty cool. I think it looks like a little. You're like a bird, like a parakeet or something. I think there's probably different kinds of birds. Yeah. And it looks like you're riding like a little tech deck around. Uh, you know, everyone remembers tech deck, right? It's the the little finger skateboards. And so there's like different uh, courses that are like like an office building or stuff like that where it kind of reminded me of that hot wheels game we talked about where it's just like small oh, yeah. like in the house it, it looks pretty fun to me it's an early development but yeah it to me it's a fun idea but the execution looked like it was lacking um like it just it didn't look that fun and it it, it was like it needed to be 
crazier or more animated or something. But I, my my takeaway was that it just lacked style. It was just like, hey, we're, we want to make a, a bird game where you skate. But they just didn't stylize it. Like it, did, it didn't have like a soul. It was just this... We we want we have this idea and we want to make this game, but I don't know. There's no flourish to it. Yeah, it was a little flat. I I was hoping that that was because it's in such early development. Like it's not coming out for a while. And I was one of the bird designs that they had looked like it was like a dressed like a little hipster bird. So if they do more <laughs> stuff like that, maybe it'll change. But yeah, it still looked yeah. fun to me. Yeah, it could be. It could be fun. I mean, it is a really good idea. Yeah, it's weird, and uh, also just the name, Skatebird. Yeah. Skateboard, yeah, uh, it could be, it could be. So hopefully they'll sort of flesh that out a little bit better, and it'll it'll be fun. So, but I think they said it's coming out this year. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It might just be one of those weird physics games too. But I, I don't know. It's such a good idea that I want it to be good. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, then we had a trailer for Stellaris Nemesis. This literally is just a blender of sci-fi. It, it really was not. I mean, it was like. All the concepts were a blender, and then they just threw this word salad on it, this like space word salad, <laughs> onto the trailer, and it was just to- totally meaningless. You well, know? they literally say the thing from from Star Wars about giving the Supreme Chancellor power or whatever. It's like we have decided to give emergency yeah. power to basically Emperor Palpatine. <laughs> The equivalent. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're into Solaris, you're probably looking forward to this. But to everybody else, this just looks like pretty generic. Yeah, just sci-fi punch press. Yep. Uh, So then we have a trailer for Dark Alliance. So when this trailer started, I thought that it was like D&D influenced because there was like a beholder and all these different D&D type creatures. And then at the end, it said it was actually Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. So this is coming out on like consoles and PC and stuff, but it looks like a mobile game. So the graphics aren't very good. It really, they really aren't. The tone is really weird and like slapsticky, Deadpooly. God, it's so strange. Like they, there's giant got like orc thing or not orcs, but like trolls or something, and they're like playing electric guitars. It's it, it's so stupid looking. Uh, and and I'm I, this just did not feel like D and D in any way to me. No, I don't. I don't understand. Is there some weird like offshoot of D and D where it's like, uh, not serious? Yeah. Is there like some D and D with mods that people play or something? I mean, I guess I don't know. I guess you don't need mods. You can make D and D be whatever you want, but who made who wanted this? I don't know. It didn't look good to me. Yeah, the the totally totally weird and uh, and not very D and D. That's our that's our review. Yep. So not interested. Uh, next up, we have uh, oh, we have some Avengers DLC. This is the Black Panther DLC. Yeah. So uh, I haven't played the Kate Bishop DLC yet because I'm waiting because they're doing a PS5 graphics update on the 25th. So I'm waiting for that because I already beat the main game. And then the Hawkeye Smart. the Hawkeye DLC is coming out this year too. And then the Black Panther DLC is going to come out. So they just keep adding more Avengers uh, to play with. And you'll see on the internet like people complaining about this game or like how many people have dropped off. That's because multiplayer sucks. Like who cares? This game is awesome. Yeah. The single player campaign was really really good. Especially if you want to get to know the character of Miss Marvel before the the Marvel. Uh, the MCU series comes out on Disney Plus. This game will make you love her. So, like, I would die for for Kamala Khan having played this game. She was my favorite character in the game. 
it's the Black Panther looks awesome. Uh, Ulysses Claw is the bad guy in this DLC. It's just going to be great. It's great. It's a good game. Yeah, uh, I will say the suit design is dope in this game for Black Panther. Plus, they'll have like a million other suits because you can pick from like a million different looks for these guys. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Yeah, Black Panther his suit is dope. Dude. Yeah, that's just. Very cool stuff. Very cool. So that is coming out. And then we have a trailer for In Rays of the Light. Yeah, so the title being what it is makes you think you're having a stroke. In Rays of the Light. It's got a kind of a creepy Death Stranding vibe. There's like people floating in the air. And it's like a horror walk around game. Yeah, I don't know that I'm really into these like horror exploration walk simulators. Uh, that I think if you really liked, what was that? that demo uh, in the hallways of that house uh pt pt yeah like if you're into pt like you'll probably like probably really dig this but it's just real kind of slow and i'm not into this but i think there's definitely an audience for I it i like the concept of this a lot more than i like actually being involved with it because <laughs> i like creepy <laughs> i like creepy atmosphere i i don't like uh horror movies for the most part but i do like a i like creepy movies so i like a creepy atmosphere um, but I also don't like jump scares, and I always feel like these are gonna do jump scares at me. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. I think I agree with you because I think you know, like movies like Annihilation and Return to Oz, like they are creepy atmospheres. Yeah, and Zodiac too. Have you ever seen David Fincher's Zodiac? Mm-mm. That's a crime movie, so it's it's a fully real life movie, but it has the creepiness of like a ghost movie, without being supernatural in any way. Yeah. <laughs> The only connection I have with this movie, this is kind of funny. Um, one Halloween, we were at some people's houses. We were like, let's let's go watch, a, you know, like great, um, you know, scary movie, like funny, like moments. Some of our favorite moments from like horror movies and stuff. It's just kind of silly, you know, nothing, nothing crazy. And, and then someone's like, yeah, I got this scene from from Zodiac. And it's like when he like he stabs like the girl on the on the picnic blanket or whatever. And I was like, we were all like, oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, Turn this off. This is not what we were wanting. <laughs> we were all just like shook from it. It was like so real looking. And yeah, it, no. it was just completely changed the vibe <laughs> of the party. Well, Zodiac's a really, really good movie. But it's really scary. And it, yeah. everything in it feels real. Uh, there's a part where Jake Gyllenhaal's just talking to some guy at his house. And it's the scariest movie scene I've ever seen in my life. And it's just him talking to this guy in a house. Wow. <laughs> it's just him talking to this guy in a house. Yeah, so it's the best David Fincher movie. Uh, you can come at me if you prefer Seven or uh, some other movie he made. It's not as good uh, as Zodiac, which is the best David Fincher movie. It would be quite an effort to come at you. You're several hundred miles away from me. That's true. Uh, Fight Club is pretty good. <laughs> uh, okay, last trailer that we have here is Warpath. And guys, this is a mobile game. Okay, let me let me let me paint this for you. A mobile game played on phones, and this trailer is like five minutes long. And I I swear to you, this is the most expensive trailer that I have ever seen by a million miles. This mobile game trailer could be nominated for best picture of 2021. <laughs> it it is unreal everything that's in this trailer and it just keep like when you think it's going to be over it's literally only halfway done it has a full complete story arc yeah i i don't know is this money laundering what is like why did they make this trailer 
I don't know. This. It's so good. Uh, when you sent it to me, you were like, you're going to see why I sent you this. And I, my only response was like, who directed this, Sam Mendes? It's like as big as 1917. Yeah, it's the scale of this trailer is huge. And it's, so it's live action. Just to give you a little insight here, it's live action. And it is going from all these different battle scenes or famous battles like World War II, uh, most of most of it between uh, Germany and and Russia. Yeah, it's it's Eastern Eastern Front. Uh, but you do have some American air battle aerial battles, uh, German Germany versus America. But I mean, it is like the scale. I just can't believe. Like it looks so expensive. There's like explosions and ever and like everything. And whatever the CG level is mixed with the live action is indetectable. Almost. There's a there's a couple of times where a tank, you know. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, I'm talking about like really the good. landscapes and like sometimes oh, yeah. the people I was like are the people CG or are they real and it was a little I wasn't sure because of the stuff that was happening but it's definitely some live action in there yeah as so as a really weird you should watch okay if you're listening watch this trailer for Warpath it's the last one on the list in the show notes Just, yeah. it's insane to see it, like it's really really good <laughs> one of the comments <laughs> Because this is on YouTube. One of the comments was like, this is for a mobile game? Y'all need to chill out. <laughs> yeah, for real, yeah. Like, it's a game that I will never play. And I don't oh, care no. about mobile games at all. But honest to God, this trailer could be nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> you gotta see it, folks. You gotta see it. See it for yourself, folks. Go see it for yourself. Uh, okay, I, I don't have anything else. You got anything else? I got nothing else. Well, all right, folks, for the Trailer Blazers, I'm Ben Moon, and I've got more style than a bird on a skateboard. Happy Trailsers. And my name is Nick Kelly, and I'm the most generic sci-fi word salad you've ever heard. Happy Trailsers, Phaser, Death Cannon, Turbo Laser. And then Ben Moon would add... And so has the reality of Armageddon.